For those that know me, they can certainly tell you that it's always fun to talk Grizzlies basketball. But I can tell you this, it's a lot more fun to talk Grizzlies basketball after an impressive victory than it is a disappointing loss. And thankfully, we have that today. Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you once again this wrap-up week edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening Hope you're having a great start to the final day of your week, but you're doing it with a smile after what to me was the Grizzlies' best victory of the season. A 122-94 victory over one of the best teams in the NBA. I haven't been this excited since the Grizzlies set the new franchise record in threes against the Hornets a few weeks back, but here we are. The Grizzlies earned a victory. The best way to take advantage of needed rest is to come back and play the best version of basketball that you've played all season long, and that certainly is a compliment to the Grizzlies and also an encouraging sign and the fact that they're doing it with the healthiest roster that they have out there. In today's episode, we're going to talk about, obviously, the big win over the Clippers, what stood out about this game for the Grizzlies. In the second segment, I'm going to talk about some key statistics that in this game, the Grizzlies met thresholds that allow for the Grizzlies to thrive a few statistics that really stand out that allow for the Grizzlies to win. And in the third episode, in, in, in third episode, in the third segment, we'll talk about the weekend's worth of games coming up to finish the first half of the Grizzlies schedule. Probably we'll have a show tomorrow, but in case for some reason we do not, I'll break down kind of what the Grizzlies can do to continue their success tonight against the Clippers and hopefully what they'll be able to do as they get on the road against the Rockets and the Wizards. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter, myself at StatsSAC. The podcast, wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the podcast app on your phone, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. And we ask that you listen, subscribe, let us know what you think of the show. We're always wanting to make sure that when it comes to this Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we are delivering content that certainly is relevant to our listeners' preferences. But overall, just an outstanding, outstanding performance by the Grizzlies. Uh, they won 122-94, to and the great thing about it is, is that against one of the best teams in the league, and there were no excuses, that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both were playing, both were healthy, and this Grizzlies team, especially over the last three quarters in which they outscored the Clippers by almost 30 points, they shined through and took on one of the best teams in the league and dominated them by playing their style of basketball. What do I mean by that? Well, coming into the game, um, I mentioned to Coach Taylor Jenkins, you know, um, asked him about you know, how to approach a team that seemingly does not have a lot of weaknesses in the Clippers. But one of the things that statistics did show was that coming into this game, the Clippers not necessarily struggled. They weren't like bottom of the league. But one area where they clearly were below average compared to defending the three, defending the rim, and so on, was that they did struggle in the 5 to 14-foot range. So especially in the short mid-range game, the Clippers did give up quite a few points. You know, that they gave up some good field goal percentages to their opponents. That obviously is a big development against a team like the Grizzlies, who arguably had the best depth when it comes to floaters in the NBA. We've seen it all season. Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, John Morant, Kyle Anderson, Xavier Tillman. list goes on and on. Jonas Valanciunas with his hook shots and his little dump shots. They, the Grizzlies, typically have very good success in that short mid-range game. Well, starting off in the game against the Clippers last night, the Grizzlies weren't finding a lot of success getting to the rim. However, that's when they started to feature their floater game. In the last six minutes of the first quarter and in the first six minutes of the second, so the Grizzlies and Clippers continued to go back and forth. The Grizzlies really found a lot of success. I believe if I counted it correctly, they made 11 or 12 of the 15 short mid-range floater shots that they 
were attempting, and it just consistently was there, floating shot after floating shot after floating shot, were there for the Grizzlies, and they were finding a lot of success. Tyus Jones, especially with his initial impact off the bench, just like we saw him do against Dallas, though it did not make as much of an impact, Tyus was finding a lot of success getting into the lane and finding angles to get his floater to go. Well, because of that, the Grizzlies were really able to find success. They started out 10 for 27 from the field, but to end the first half, they went 17 for 24 over their last 24 shots, and a big reason why was because they consistently found high-percentage shots going into the into the short mid-range, into the lane, and letting their strengths be featured to give them an advantage. Well, from that, that's when the Grizzlies started to open up opportunities. They were able to get to the rim and from three after that, and then in the second half, you were expecting the Clippers to be able to make an adjustment. However, they did not, and that's really when the Grizzlies started impacting the game, getting out on the run, getting high-percentage shots, hitting their threes, and the Grizzlies were just playing fun basketball. They were playing their type of basketball without any type of resistance from this Clippers team. Once again, it was a big factor for the Grizzlies. A big reason why they were successful was because it was con contributions up and down the roster. Six different players were in double digits for the Grizzlies last night, including Tyus Jones once again hitting a career high in points. He continues to do well under Taylor Jenkins in his second season, though the shot itself has certainly been a struggle this year. Tyus Jones this year so far now has set a career high in assists, and he's also set a career high in points now with 20 last night. 9 of 11 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3. So he did have some success shooting from distance as well, but the big difference for Tyus Jones, obviously, was the ability to hit um, those running floaters and the mid-range and the short mid-range shots. Other big thing for the Grizzlies is that they forced seven, 14 turnovers from the the um, the Clippers to only seven of their own, and therefore had 17 points off turnovers. They also had one of the best nights that they've ever had in the paint, 72 points in the paint against a good defensive team. So a big reason why the Grizzlies were so able to take control of the game was because they were able to find a multitude of different ways to get into the paint. The short floater game to start out with, then they started getting to the rim in the half-court offense, then of course scoring in the paint on fast-break opportunities. They had more than 20 fast-break points, which was a definite encouragement, but something that had not been there for a while, likely because the Grizzlies had been a bit tired over time, but the Grizzlies found multiple ways to get into the paint and to succeed, and when they do that, that is when they are at their most successful. Overall, Jonas Valanciunas, again, being his consistent self, 16 points, 15 rebounds for him. D D Dylan Brooks, only 13 shots on the night, but 19 points, 2 rebounds. He was 3 of 5 from 3, 6 of 13 from the field. Another efficient night from him. If the Grizzlies can find a way to get him 10 to 12 shots a night, as him being the 4th or 5th scoring option, that really plays into him being more effective, and it showed last night. A good, solid 15 to 20 point, point source for Dylan Brooks over the next few weeks until Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back will definitely be a good development. Across the board, Kyle Anderson, 13 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. The starters overall just had a very effective game. Everybody did exactly what they were supposed to do. John Morant scored and created. Jonas Valanciunas was his double-double machine. Kyle Anderson was an across-the-board producer. Grayson Allen made the threes that were there for him, and Dylan Brooks scored when he had the opportunity to. But just an overall excellent performance from this team, and another encouraging sign as well, was that they held Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to 9 of 26 from the field. And I asked the the trio, of, uh, or asked Dylan and Justice both, about the trio of Justice, Dylan, and Kyle 
Coach Jenkins loves the idea of switchable opportunities on defense, giving the better players on the opposing teams different looks by switching different guys on them. And now with the Grizzlies having Winslow and Melton and Brooks and Anderson all at their disposal to be able to throw at these guys, it gives Taylor Jenkins an advantage to give different looks to try to throw off the, the opposing team's best wing and keep them out of rhythm. And that's a big thing that was able to be there for the Clippers tonight was that they were able to limit George or Kawhi Leonard from really getting into a rhythm, and that's why the Grizzlies were able to get such a commanding lead in the second half. So just overall, an outstanding performance. Another big development for the Grizzlies is that they held the Clippers to 12 of 34 from three. So it wasn't just only limiting the best players from the Clippers from getting into a rhythm. The Grizzlies also did an excellent job preventing the Clippers from getting into a rhythm overall. As I mentioned numerous times, this Grizzlies team is only going to go as far as it can when it comes to their potential playoff pursuit based off how well they defend the three while holding two of the better wing players in the league to nine of 26 combined from shooting and then holding the Clippers overall who were one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league to 12 to 34 from three all of that is wonderful developments along with the Grizzlies playing to their strengths just an absolute complete dominant victory that this Grizzlies team need needed to really finish this first half strong to put themselves in the best position once they start obviously a very arduous second half to the season. But the thing I can tell you is this, is that one of the reasons why the Grizzlies were so dominant is because they they met certain statistical thresholds. And the more of those statistical thresholds that the Grizzlies meet in the game, typically that's the better chances that they're going to have to win. Coming up in the second segment, I'm going to talk about a few of these thresholds that really create a competitive checklist for this Grizzlies team to let you know whether or not they're going to have a good chance to win on any given night. Now, I can tell you this, something else that I can say with confidence is that on any given night, you're probably watching sports because you love them. You're watching sports for the reason that you like to cheer for a certain team or a certain player. But if part of the reason why you enjoy watching sports is because you also love to wager and potentially love to profit off what you're watching. I've got one source that you can trust and that's, that has you covered more than any other. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college, basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers TV shows, reality TV, and award shows. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Using the promo code Locked On, if you head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, using the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, is Russell Wilson's relationship with the Seahawks broken, or can it be mended before the start of the NML season? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So going to change it up for what I said in the first segment. We're actually going to do a show tomorrow because I want to spend the next few segments really diving into a competitive checklist that I think is out there for the Grizzlies based off some consistent statistical themes that in thresholds that if you see the Grizzlies reach, it typically puts them in a good position to win, especially if they are reaching multiple versions of these thresholds in any given game. Now, a lot of times, many thresholds that a team reaches, regardless of the team that you are, they're, it's likely going to help you win. Like if, for, if your team hits 15 or more threes on a given night, 
that probably is going to lead to a win. If your team turns the ball over less than 10 times, that probably is going to lead to a win. But there are some specific statistics that, especially in the Grizzlies' case, really indicates that if they are hitting this threshold on a given night, that their chances of winning certainly improved. I hinted at it a little bit on Monday when I talked about in an article that I wrote over at Grizzly Bear Blues how the Grizzlies' identity of being the first in the league when it comes to steals and assists really stands out. Talked about it earlier this week, but those are the first couple of statistics that really stand out. When it comes to the Grizzlies and their ability to do both of these things, there really is a difference that's made when they have the ability to both turn cause the other team to turn the ball over as well as really lived up to their ability to create opportunities through passes. Just to rehash... When the Grizzlies get 10 or more steals in a game, they, under Coach Taylor Jenkins, are 21 and 14. Well, actually now, um, they are, <laughs> they're now uh, 21, yeah, they're now 21 and uh, 14 steal when they get 10 or more steals. Since this, since I wrote this article and they played Dallas and the Clippers, they're actually now 26 and 40 when they get less than. 10 steals per game. So what that means is, is that based off them getting 10 or more steals under Taylor Jenkins, there is there is a 21-game swing. The Grizzlies are 21 games better when they get 10 or more steals versus when they do not. Again, 7 games above 500 when they get 10 or more steals, 14 games below 500 when they do not. And it's simple as to the reason why. The second youngest team in the league is a current label of the Grizzlies. Still, clearly, despite the great drafting that we've done, despite the great depth that we have, we are still in a rebuilding phase. There are several teams across the NBA, in fact, it could be the majority of the teams in the NBA, where if the Grizzlies have the same amount of shot attempts per game as these other teams, their chances of winning are probably not that great. But if the Grizzlies can find ways to not only create more shot opportunities, but also have a better quality of making those shot opportunities, that's what allows for them to have the chance to win. It significantly increases their chances. The steals and creating the turnovers is what allows for the Grizzlies to gain those extra shot possessions. The assists and the high-quality number of assists is what improves the percentage of those shots going in. So just like when it comes to getting 10 or more steals, when it comes to getting 27 or more assists, which is about the average per game that the Grizzlies have averaged under Taylor Jenkins, this team once again shines when it hits that threshold. Under Taylor Jenkins, when the Grizzlies get 30, when the Grizzlies get 27 or more assists, they are now 36 and 21, 15 games above 500 when they get 27 or more assists in the game. When they don't, they're now 12 and 32. A 35-game difference, depending on whether or not the Grizzlies get 27 or more assists in a game. 15 games above 500 when they do, 20 games below 500 when they don't. There is a reason why Taylor Jenkins consistently in his post-game press conferences mentions assists above any other stat. The first indicator that he looks at as to how well his team played is assists, and for good reason. It really indicates how the team performed on that given night. So when the Grizzlies get those 10 steals, and when they get those 27 assists individually, 
It really helps improve their chances to win. But just think about it. Just think about it. What if the Grizzlies did both of these things? They lead the league right now in steals per game and assists per game, so it's likely they do both things in the same game more than anybody else, and it's true. The Grizzlies right now, they lead the NBA since Taylor Jenkins took over last year. They lead the NBA in the amount of times that a team has got 27 or more assists and 10 or more steals in a game. Their record when that happens, 17-5. and five. When the Grizzlies get 27 or more assists and they get 10 or more steals in a game together, they're 17-5. and five. And the reason why is because it's likely that they're having 5, 8, 10 or more shot attempts over their opponent when they're both creating turnovers and getting themselves extra shot possessions as well as giving themselves better quality on those shot possessions. And a big other thing that those things result in, when the Grizzlies get those 10 steals and when they get those 27 assists, obviously that means that they're likely scoring at a high rate. Now, not every team in the NBA succeeds in shootouts. They don't succeed when scores get high, but the Grizzlies actually do. When the Grizzlies get... 115 or more points under under uh, head coach Taylor Jenkins' time as coach. Here's where their record stands. They have scored 115 more po- or, or more points now in 33 games in which Taylor Jenkins has been the head coach. Their record when they get 115 more points, 115 or more points, 31 and 12. In the games that they do not score 115 points, the Grizzlies are 19 and 44. Now, we're talking about when they when it came to the 27 or more assists, there was a 35-game swing in terms of the Grizzlies' fortune. In this case, there is nearly a 45-game swing. The Grizzlies are now 19 games above 500 when they score 115 or more points. They are 25 games below 500 when they don't. So when the Grizzlies have their depth in place, when the Grizzlies are passing the ball well, and when the Grizzlies are finding opportunities to enforce their streaks of scoring in the paint, if they get to that 115-point mark, there's a very good chance that the Grizzlies are going to win that game. And that's why head coach Taylor Jenkins emphasizes so much success in the paint and passing the basketball. Because if the Grizzlies are finding success in the paint, it leads to them being able to pass out and and obviously raise their assist numbers because they're finding high percentage looks for three. Those are indications that the offense is well balanced, that the flow of the offense is there, and overall the production is in place. So when the Grizzlies are getting 10 or more steals, when the Grizzlies are getting 27 or more assists, and when the Grizzlies are scoring 115 or more points, if they meet those thresholds, especially if they meet one or more of those thresholds in the same game, they obviously have a much, much higher, an exponentially higher chance of winning a game than if they don't. But those are not the only statistics that stand out. There are a few statistics out there that really do shine as well when it comes to the defense. Though they may not reach these thresholds on defense as much as they do on offense, these specific thresholds on defense may be just as important going forward for the Grizzlies to really have success when it comes to the playoffs. Coming up, We've looked at the offensive thresholds that really shine for the that really makes the Grizzlies shine if they reach them. Now a couple of defensive thresholds that really stand out as well. If the Grizzly that if the Grizzlies reach, it also really improves their chances to win. Every Friday on the Locked On NBA podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and Adam Mares of Locked On Nuggets 
Join up for a wrap-up of the biggest stories around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA power ranking you can't miss. Subscribe to the Locked on NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up tomorrow, I will review tonight's game against the LA Clippers as well as talk about another area of improved success that we've really seen the Grizzlies um, not only improve on, but honestly become one of the best teams in the league at over this over this season compared to last season, we'll look at that. And then next month, and then on Monday of next week, we will be glad to welcome back friend of the show Chip Williams to discuss some names to watch over the next few months as we see the G League season wrap up as well as March Madness continue to come into focus. Some interesting prospects to watch that could be in play for the Grizzlies when it comes to the 2021 NBA draft. All that coming up on tomorrow and Monday's episode here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So last segment, I talked about how last night against the Clippers, the Grizzlies met a few statistical thresholds that really stood out to show that when they meet those thresholds, trends have started to show the Grizzlies' chances to win significantly increases. We talked about on the offensive end, getting our, our 27 or more assists, as well as 115 or more points, that really stands out, and how getting 10 or more steals per game makes defense turns into offense and really helps the Grizzlies' chances when it comes to their hopes to win. However, it's not just about offense. Though defense has been a little lacking so at times over in the month of February, there are times in which if the Grizzlies reach certain thresholds, they have a chance to win. And the one that stands out to me above any others is one that continues to you know show just how important defending the three is for the Grizzlies. That stands out as the Grizzlies limiting their opponents from getting into the teens when it comes to shooting the three. That is correct. If the Grizzlies can hold their opponents to 12 or less three-point three attempts per game, that really helps out the Grizzlies. And it's not just limiting three-point attempts. If the Grizzlies can hold their opponents to 12 threes or less, it also could be because they're contesting shots, and actually the more three-pointers that are made and missed, that helps out the Grizzlies with how well, how well their wings and guards can rebound. But when the but last night the Grizzlies held the Clippers to 12 to 34 from shooting from three. Just an absolute improvement over what the Grizzlies had seen during their six games and eight night stretch. When the Grizzlies hold their opponents to 12 threes or under in a game under Taylor Jenkins, they've done it now 43 times. They are 26 and 17 when they hold their opponents to 12 threes or under. Now I do understand that that typically, that could be said for any team. Probably every team in the NBA has a winning record when they hold their opponents to 12 or less threes. But for the Grizzlies who still are a work in progress when it comes to shooting the threes themselves, it is especially important for them to limit the three-point productivity of their opponents. If they can do that, they put themselves in a position to where they emphasize even more their ability in the paint, and it really shines through. Now, Another big development when the Grizzlies hold their opponents to 12 or less threes in terms of emphasizing their production in the paint is this. In a surprising revelation, obviously we're in an era where it is so important to be able to shoot the ball from three, and that's certainly something the Grizzlies are going to need to do and continue to improve upon as they get themselves into the playoff picture going forward in the future. However, Taylor Jenkins really does take pride in how well his team does in the paint. And it's also very important because for a team that doesn't have a lot of self, uh, self-sufficient shooters from distance, production in the paint and with our passing ability, production in the paint leads to more open shots from three and they feed off each other. But 
the Grizzlies don't necessarily have to have a high, highly productive night from three to have a good chance to win. The Grizzlies, 19 times now, under Taylor Jenkins since he took over as head coach, there's been 19 games in which the Grizzlies have attempted 25 or less threes. In those games, the Grizzlies are 14-5. and five. Now, that may amaze you that in terms of a team shooting less than 25 threes in a game, you would think that that certainly should make it to where it's less likely for them to win. However, in the Grizzlies' case, because they're so good in the paint, if they're shooting less than 25 threes like last night when they were 11 of 19 from three, it's probably because they're finding a lot of success producing in the paint. It's they, Those are the games where the Grizzlies are getting their 60 to 70 points in the paint, and they've just found so much success there, they're continuing to go with what works. So that is knowing your roster, it's knowing your strengths, and not going away from it if you're able to feature it consistently to beat a team. So the Grizzlies, while it may not seem like it makes sense, they're actually nine games above 500 when they shoot 25 or less threes under Taylor Jenkins, and the big reason why is because that's an indication that they're having enough success in the paint to earn the victory, and it doesn't make sense for them to go away from what's working. But another big, big key it actually does not have to do with scoring at all when it comes to the Grizzlies' ability to win games. And that is their ability to rebound, and especially when it comes to Jonas Valanciunas. Last night, the Grizzlies out-rebounded the Clippers, one of the better rebounding teams in the league, 48-41. to Jonas Valanciunas, again, just probably one of, if not the most reliable double-double machines in the league right now. 16 points, 15 rebounds. When the Grizzlies have a rebounding edge of five or more rebounds, when they have five or more rebounds above their opponent in a game since Taylor Jenkins came over, they've now done it 42 times under Taylor Jenkins' uh, tenure. They are 29-13. and 13. When the Grizzlies have a rebounding advantage of five or more boards than their opponents, they are 16 games above, above 500. Now, when you look at our roster, you may not think that we're that good of a rebounding team, but because we're, we play with such a fast pace, we typically numerically, you know, in terms of quantity, we have finished in the top 10 in total rebounds per game in the NBA. But when the Grizzlies are boxing out, when they're limiting second chance opportunities, and when they're once again effectively getting an advantage in shot possessions, they're going. it's a direct reflection of them being able to rebound. And so when the Grizzlies are getting good defensive rebounds, especially on long rebounds with getting their guards and wings included, when they're able to create a significant and noticeable advantage in the rebounding game, it is one of the strongest statistics that correlates with victory for the Grizzlies. So again, the ability to limit their opponents from shooting the three their ability to really feature their strength in the painting in some opponents, and their ability to create an advantage when it comes to rebounding are three other statistical categories that if the Grizzlies are doing that on a given night, their chances to win significantly increase. So once again, the Grizzlies' ability to get 10 or more steals, their ability to get 27 or more assists, score 115 or more points, limit their opponents from making more that from, from making 13 or more threes, Having the ability to feature themselves in the paint and find a lot of success in the paint and also creating a big advantage in rebounds. Looking at those six things in the box score, if you didn't watch the game, those are six areas to look at. And if you can look at those and see that the Grizzlies have been able to achieve two or three of those or more on a given night, the chances are that they have won that game. And the more consistently the Grizzlies can do those things, 
that's going to be the easiest way for them to become the sustainable winner that everybody within the franchise wants to be. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, the podcast, wherever podcasts are available. You can follow us anywhere that podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the podcast app on your phone. Tomorrow, I'll be back to recap this the back-to-back games against the Clippers. Hopefully, what will be a sweep. We'll also talk a bit about the upcoming games this weekend and next week as we wrap up the first half of the NBA season and discuss another area that is truly emerging as a strength for this Grizzlies team. And don't forget about Chip Williams, a special guest of ours, to discuss some prospects to look out for that could be on the Grizzlies' radar in the 2021 NBA Draft. Thank you so much once again. My name is Sean Coleman. Follow me on Twitter at StatsSAC. It's been a pleasure. Hope you have a wonderful day. Check out the second half schedule breakdown that I did yesterday for all the numbers, all the potential areas of struggle and successes and how the Grizzlies can improve and obviously check out this episode whenever you'd like to get an idea of the competitive checklist the Grizzlies can meet in order for them to win. It's always a pleasure. Hope you have a great start to your weekend and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.